I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Well, howdy, fellas. Hello. I do want you guys to know that I had fully intended on making this episode 100% conversation about Injustice versus Masters of the Universe number one. But I changed my mind at the last minute because of all the Comic-Con news coming out this week. (laughs) Thank God. You know, we generally have to sign off on these kinds of things, Paul. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, <laughs> since uh, when did you sign off? What since when was the last time you signed off on an outline? <laughs> um, I'm I'm just saying. Generally speaking, <laughs> I reserve the right to approve or deny show content. So I do want to say something before we go into our actual proper podcast. The book kicked ass. <laughs> it, it it is. It is very rooted in the Injustice universe, has a lot to do with the New Gods. I actually really like that book. I know none uh, of you will ever read it, but you're 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 missing out on a really good Injustice storyline. I gotta be honest, I think I think anytime I see something like that, like Ninja Turtles and Batman and all the usual Jamoki crossover stuff that's gonna be like that, I'm just like I I'm not a 15-year-old. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Ninja Turtles Batman was really good. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, He-Man Thundercats wasn't good, but this is this is actually genuinely good, especially since He-Man is a rip-off of the New Gods anyway. So the fact that they incorporated the New Gods, it's good. We're having the conversation, but it's over now because I know you guys want to move on. <laughs> so let's talk about stuff that's more important than my book. So, uh, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con is going on this weekend. We are two days in, um, as of the time of recording. So we are recording this, unfortunately, prior to the release of the Aquaman trailer. So we'll talk about that in our next recording. There Um, was an Aquaman teaser release, though. There was, there was. But I'm I'm waiting to see anything until, uh, you know, the the full trailer comes out later today. Um, But... There, there were a lot of DC Universe announcements over the last couple days. Um, so the DC Universe is the new digital streaming service from DC Entertainment. Um, they announced that the introductory price, if you pre-order now, is $75 for 15 months, which equates to about $5 a month. Or if you wait for the subscription to start, um, you pay. Uh, you, you can get a price of, I think it's $7.99 monthly. I, I think, I, you know, based on the strength of the Titans trailer and uh, the fact that they're going to be doing the uh, television comic book streaming, uh, which is something I think Comixology should have already done, uh, I, I think I'm going to do the $75. So actually, I think we're going to pretty strongly disagree on the Titans trailer. <laughs> so I, th- th- that leads into the Titans trailer that came out. So, Aaron, I, I will say. I, I, I think I have differing opinion on the Titans trailer, but I, I'm in for the DC universe because of all the other content. But I will say the Titans trailer, I, I, I'm I of mixed emotions on it. Oh, I'm not. I hated it. I hated it entirely. I, I liked it rather a lot. So tell me what you didn't like about it, Wayne. Uh, once again, they have no fun in their properties because DC doesn't know how to have fun with any of their live action properties. It has to be ridiculously dark. Uh, Starfire. Um, can I, can I disagree with you point by point? So there's the Flash. That's fun. Um, okay. TV wise, they have fun. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think Legends of Tomorrow, despite its differences, is kind uh-huh. of a fun. Is a fun show. Yeah. It's not great, but it's fun. Okay, okay. So we've we've dispelled your first point. I Proceed. will I will accept that on on TV. 
until now they have had fun. Flash, Supergirl, all of those are fun. Their movies are not fun. And this looks like their movies, not their TV. Uh, Starfire looks like a streetwalker. So I think, I think I, Star. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, this this came up uh, a couple months ago because that image had dropped. The, uh, apparently, the the footage they did of her in that miniskirt or whatever is about one storyline. I don't know why that's all the footage they used of her, <laughs> but yeah. they 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 said like yeah. That's really out of context. It's kind of like taking a, an image of like one of the other people undercover and saying this is what they're going to look like. But that's so what was I'm, in the trailer, too. I he looked like a streetwalker in the trailer. I, I understand. It's probably the storyline in the first episode. I mean, I, I, I hear you on that. Um, I'm not a fan of the Starfire design, but I get the I understand that the footage they're showing is entirely from the first episode. And I do yeah. want to say something in regards to the no fun, because when I first watched the trailer and Robin shows up and he says, fuck Batman. Oh, and he's my like, God. Yeah, that was hot. That I, was see, hot. I did not that like pissed that. pissed me off. But I, I will it. say I loved it. <laughs> but I think but what Jeff Johns explained, he's like, well, you have, you know. Where we're coming it's from, it's context. He says, you know, th- yeah. yes, the trailer shows this this dark aspect, but they start in a dark place. This is right after Batman and Robin have had their falling out. So right. I could see why he would be like, fuck Batman. Yeah, I don't like the F-bomb in my superhero movies, but, you know, I can deal with it, given the context. Yeah, overall, the show was just too dark, had no fun, and that's not what I want out of Titans. I, I I like the number one. I really enjoyed the look at Raven. I think Raven looks really cool. And I really I honestly, Paul, I saw that and I was like, wow, Paul's going to really dig that. So I was I'm surprised to to see that you did not enjoy uh, the horror aspect of, know, uh, of the trailer. I, I, uh, and when I say too dark, besides storyline wise, I just mean visually, too. Yeah, and here's the thing. So I I, I agree with uh, a number of of Wayne's points, and and here's why I say I'm of mixed feelings on it. It's a weird place to be, isn't it, agreeing with Wayne? (laughs) A little bit. Um, (laughs) But I think my issue with the trailer isn't so much that it's um, grim and gritty or or that kind of thing, especially after reading the Jeff Johns interview about it. Where, Where my issue comes in is that it feels visually like a fan film to me. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but a a number of years ago, there was a fan film called Grayson and it was just like Mm -hmm. a fake movie trailer. And this just like screamed that to me, um, watching it. I'm like, wow, this, this looks like something that bat in the sun productions or, you know, that I would see on YouTube. It doesn't necessarily look like a real television series. I Um, never thought about it until you just said it, but yeah, it does kind of look like one of those. So, you know, it's I, 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 I reserve judgment. Like I said, um, I'm getting I'm getting DC Universe not on the strength of that trailer, but rather on the strength of everything else I've seen, including that Young Justice trailer. I don't know if you guys saw that. Well, and uh, the HD remastering of Batman, the animated series. Yes. Yeah, I definitely watched the Young Justice trailer and that I loved. Yeah. Young Justice looks hot. Despite the fact that I agree with Aaron and I, I actually like the Titans trailer, I don't think I'm ever going to see an, an episode of it because I'm probably not getting the DC thing. I'll let you borrow my login, Tim. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't watch it simultaneous with me. No, no. I'm sure it's good for two devices at a time. 
Right, right. You know, w- one in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> You'll just get an text. email. We noticed I'll be, a I'll, login. I'll be the, the cottage, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> we noticed a login from a new device. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, they also yeah, announced... That, that's my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, in addition to the already announced Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, um, Titans, uh, Jeff Johns at his panel announced that there would be uh, a Stargirl TV series uh, written and produced by him as well. Uh, and also, we, we talked about already the live action, or not live action, but the motion comics, which I'm not a fan of. I, I, I'm hopeful that we're getting more than just motion comics, that this will also lend itself to something along the lines of the Marvel um, subscription service that gets you the the comics online as well. Yeah, because yeah, Marvel did do some uh, motion comics on Netflix for a while. I hated them. Oh, really? I I kind of dug some of those. Like the Black Panther one was great. I like the Black Panther one. I think they yeah. if they, when done well, they're they're good. I don't know that I necessarily want to watch motion comics of comics I'm already familiar with, yeah. or I've already read. Um, but you know, I I, I do think there's there's a lot good in that service and $8 a month is a bit more than I wanted to pay for it. But, uh, well, you can pay $5 a month for the first 15 months, Paul, if you just chunk down $75 right now, you know, I, 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 I can hear you saying that in jest, but <laughs> no, seriously, I, I think, I think that's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I think it. I'm going to do it because I mean, like you said, I mean, even if the original programming sucks, there's enough in the back in the in their archive mm-hmm. that I'm really excited about. Yeah. And, you know, it, not necessarily as part of the DC Universe panel, but other media coming from DC Universe. And I, I forgot to put this on the outline is they announced their next four animated movies after mm-hmm. the two part death of Superman. Um, so they're going to be doing uh, an adaptation of the Batman Hush storyline. Mm. Yeah, they're going to be doing Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Um, they're going to be doing uh, a new Wonder Woman series or film called Wonder Woman Bloodlines, mm. and uh, and the other one was Reign of the Superman. So that was the second part. So those are Reign the, of the Superman would be cool. Yeah. So so those are the next four DC animated films after the Death of Superman, which comes out I think in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm really. I wish they would have done a trailer for uh, uh, first month thing. I don't think it's even started filming yet. And uh, I can't wait to see a trailer for Stargirl. I want to see Stargirl done well. Is that live action? Yeah. So just just a general question to you guys. DC's been kind of getting get, get, getting their ass kicked uh, by Marvel uh, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a pretty cool like sideways move to try uh-huh. to to try to to make things work. I agree. Uh, I think this is honestly. I, I, a lot of people are, are are complaining about the number of streaming services that are coming out between DC, CBS, Marvel. Um, but I think ultimately what it'll what we'll see is the phasing out of like the basic cable hundred dollar a month bill replaced with more of these piecemeal seven dollar eight dollar services. Well, and you know the you know of course the Marvel content's gonna going to be consumed by Disney, right? So it's you know it's all going to be up in the in the Disney streaming service. I imagine that at some point Warner will consume the DC line 
And so it won't just be your DC content. It'll be, you know, all the other Warner content that'll become even more valuable than it is. It's just, you know, DC is where they are right now. So the only reason I'm still hesitant to uh, to sign up for the DC one is they haven't announced all the platforms it's going to be on yet. And if it's not streaming on the PlayStation, I would never use it. So as yeah. good as I think it's going to be, it needs to be on the device that I want to watch it on. Yeah. If they would make that announcement, I would sign up right away. I tell you what, I, that, that is a concern for me because you know, I've talked before about how much I dislike Chromecasting. Uh, which is, you know, kind of everybody's default right now. Is it well, you know, it's at least available on Chromecast. Um, I, I would. One of the things that I've really enjoyed is being able to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery through my Prime uh, stream because I I was able to change my subscription to CBS All Access from a direct relationship to CBS All Access to being able to link it up under Prime. Um, and I, I think more and more these sort of, of uh, tangential streaming services need to build relationships like that, whether it's through Xbox or PlayStation or Prime. They need to give us those those different platform alternatives so that you know the viewer can watch it however they want to watch them. Because yeah. boy, Chromecasting sucks because you have you know I have to control it through my iPad or my phone, and those are not really intuitive remote control devices. Well, and if they do something with like Prime, then they don't have to worry about getting on all of the different platforms because right. Amazon's already done that. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I've got to imagine that's part of their business plan. They, they, they would be stupid not to. Agreed. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple of things, Aaron, that and I'm going to hop around this outline a little bit because. Uh, oh, for the love of mine. I know. But you mentioned the Disney streaming service, right? And yeah. um, it was in the first actual content for that Disney streaming service was announced at Comic-Con. It was a surprise announcement during the Clone Wars uh, retrospective panel that the Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, is coming back to actually finish off the storyline as part of Disney's uh, streaming service. Now, I'm excited about the announcement. I don't know that it's certain, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily something that, uh, you know, will bring people to the service, but it's it's kind of in line with them finishing up Young Justice on DC Universe is that they're finishing off Clone Wars on that uh, that Disney streaming service. And it, it looks t- pretty, pretty solid. I tell you what, you know, this whole, you know, streaming business has, uh, you know, made things a possibility for fans that never would have been a possibility before. Oh, yeah. You know, we've always talked about wouldn't it be great if they came back and did that, you know, and finished off that se- that series or whatever, you know, had firefly and this is going to make paul's head explode uh you know had firefly been released a few years later you might have seen something like that because firefly would have done awesome in a streaming environment because it absolutely would have found its audience there yeah firefly Uh, would have been netflixed yeah absolutely that would have happened absolutely or amazon uh, prime because it didn't amazon pick up the expanse yes they did Mm -hmm. and i am super excited about that because let me tell you sci-fi went cheap on uh, the expanse i think they do a great job on that show but they went awfully cheap on it uh and trimmed back a lot of the story uh so instead of getting the expansive story of the expanse you're getting a very you know shallow sort of taste you get the condensed expanse (laughs) exactly exactly and you know my biggest hope on it 
coming back is that uh, Avasarla will be able to cuss like she does in the books. Well, I got to tell you, you know, they're only allowed to, to swear a certain amount before they have to pay more dollars, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, she, Avasarala, you know, swears like a sailor. Everybody else, instead of saying, fuck you, it's forget you. It is awfully, awfully irritating. I'm hoping that when it goes to Prime, they just plug in the fucks. Just plug in the fucks, Jeff Bezos. But the, what I wanted to say is that, you know, Jeff Bezos is a fan, which is why they picked it up over on Prime. And I'm really hoping they throw some money at it so that they can make this next season more expansive. So Aaron, Aaron wants an expansive expanse and he wants more fucks given. I want a lot more fucks given. I want them to bring a prime day amount of fucks to the expanse. So seven. OK, that's right. That's right. So, Paul, on Prime Day, did you did you buy yourself some sheets? You I did, know, uh, maybe I... some maybe some laundry detergent. <laughs> I, I bought a selfie stick. Um, oh, Paul, I know. Well, it's not like a regular <laughs> selfie stick. God, it's not like one of those long selfie sticks. It's just like a. It's it's almost like a, a little tube that can convert into a, a mini tripod, so I could set it on the table for for videos for our YouTube channel. That's all I picked up on Prime Day. Right now, boring, boring, uh, but. One more thing, streaming. Before we move off of the streaming services, Aaron, you see that Discovery trailer? I did. It was pretty hot. Yeah, it was pretty hot. And did, did you did you did you catch what they added in? What they sprinkled in to season two of Discovery? A sense of humor. Uh, yeah, that's crazy, Paul. I mean, right <laughs> off the bat, they're showing you like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have some jokes this time. Hey, hey, look, these are people liking each other. Yeah, like actual, <laughs> and you know, actually having scenes with people other than the main two characters. Uh, One of the things that I thought was interesting is that Christopher Pike has assumed control of the discovery, which is like, okay, well we had zero episodes with Saru as the uh, captain of the spaceship. But, well, remember, uh, they were on their way to Vulcan to pick up their new captain. Oh, uh, that's what it was. So okay. We still don't even know who the new captain is. Fair point. <laughs> I, I, the, the new season looks awesome. I do wish they I, hadn't used that uh, Lenny Kravitz song in the trailer, but... Uh-huh. Well, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, for the most part, we just hope that they don't use Lenny Kravitz songs for just about anything. Fair point. Yeah. Ouch! <laughs> 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 well, and... Uh, and finally, from Netflix, this will make Wayne happy. Uh, the toys that sees the toys that made us season three uh, has been announced with uh, Power Rangers, Wrestling, My Little Pony, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice Ninja Turtles is the one that hits my childhood. Yeah, same. I had so many Ninja Turtle toys. My brother's the Power Rangers guy. You know that that's a, a couple years after me. Um, yeah, I'll watch he's, it because he's I the like Red the Ranger. He's yeah. the Power Ranger. He's the Red Ranger. <laughs> I will watch the Power Rangers one because I like the property, but I never had any of the toys. That was, you know, again, that was after for me. But Ninja Turtles, I had a ton of those. Well, speaking of Netflix, Iron Fist Season 2 debuts September 7th. I have to say, I watched the trailer, and that trailer looked good. I tell you what, you know, I I finished watching Luke Cage Season 2 and Iron Fist guests in an episode, and... The the episode with Iron Fist is by far my favorite of the Luke Cage episodes in season two. The two of them really relate and they have that buddy cop sort of thing going on. And even Luke Cage comments to uh, Iron Fist like, wow, you seem really different because Danny's competent. So yeah. I don't I, I don't want to uh, derail the outline, Aaron, uh-huh. because that's that's Paul's job. But right. yeah, <laughs> what I do. Luke Cage, give it a grade. Season two. 
Luke Cage season two, I'd give it a B plus. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed it a lot more. It, it took a little while to warm up. Um, but I, I did rather enjoy it. Um, I, yeah, I rather enjoyed it. Yeah. The trailer for iron fist, he, like you said, he looked competent. The uh-huh. fighting choreography looked really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fighting was always good for uh, Colleen Wing, just never for him. Right. But well, his fighting looked good. And the great, and I, and I think Luke Cage season two kind of gives you some previews of that because there is some great uh, buddy action, you know, like, you know, things like you would expect superheroes working together to do like a fastball special, you know, those kinds of things where they're working their powers off each other. It was super cool. Have you not watched it yet, Tim? I've seen season one. I heard bad things about season two, so I fin- I just finished Flash season four, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, I can do okay. Luke Cage, I guess. Flash season four was terrific. Did you like oh, season yeah. four? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, did, I did. All right. Um, did. Yeah, I finished season four about two weeks ago, uh, and that's when I when I hopped onto Luke Cage. It was a quick watch. Um, yeah, it's not a perfect show. Don't get me wrong. But I never made it through season one of Luke Cage. I really disliked it. It was boring. Mm. Yeah, you probably but, wouldn't like this though. <laughs> but uh, you know, I the the actor it has just you know got tons of charisma. Uh, the thing that I found frustrating about the first four episodes is like, you know, just goddamn it, give her the bionic arm. You know, we know you're going to give Misty Knight a bionic arm. Give her the goddamn bionic arm. Once she's got the arm, I'm good. <laughs> so, do you think that they changed choreographers? Because they had good choreography in Daredevil. Do you think it's just the actor maybe, you know, they were like, okay, we need to spend some time getting you ready for, like, stunts. Yeah. I I think that's part of it, yeah. I I felt like they didn't um, use the same team. You know, I feel – it sure did feel like the the, – the creative team, you know, working the choreography and whatnot was not the same from Daredevil to Iron Fist. No, I, I, it was not um, yeah. just because of the nature of when they were filming and stuff. But I, I know they changed most of the creative team for Iron Fist season two. Yeah, but I can't get over the fact that we've gotten three series this year. I know. Yeah, yeah we got Jessica Jones. We got Luke Cage. We're getting Iron Fist. And I mean, bam, bam, bam. I can't believe that we got a season two of Iron Fist before we got another season of Daredevil or Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Punisher well, I think we're getting both next too. year, which means next year will be a good year. <laughs> well, just uh, you know, I'm I'm working through season two of Jessica Jones right now, and that's really good. Mm, I'll take your so, word for it. Yeah, well, whatever. Well, you, you know, know what else comes in threes, Aaron? What was that? I said, you know what else comes in threes? What's that, Paul? The Joker comes in threes. Oh dear, <laughs> oh dear. And I don't mean that Paul. as a euphemism. I'm getting the Paul knife ready. <laughs> so, you know, it was announced a while back uh, that Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok would be doing a series called Three Jokers. Uh, then that it would be um, continuing the story thread that Johns had introduced way back in his uh, Justice League Dark Side War storyline. Well, uh, Jeff Johns had his own panel at Comic-Con, and he talked about the three Jokers a little bit. It'll be, it'll be coming out later this year. I think November is when it starts. It's going to be a three-part prestige format miniseries um, coming out through DC's Black Label. And he, he said it, it will be in, in continuity, but the reason they're releasing it through Black Label is that it's going to be a mature reader's storyline, kind of like uh, The Killing Joke. And it'll uh, explain his whole Three Jokers uh, thing. Um, And he also announced at that panel that he'll be doing a new Shazam 
uh, ongoing series with Dale Eaglesham on art. I wonder if you took questions at that panel, because one of the questions I would have asked was, if Batman's the world's greatest detective, how did he not know there was three different people he was punching in the face wearing white white makeup? I, I have that issue, too, of how would Batman not have realized this? Uh, what they did say about it, though, is that the main characters of the book from the besides Joker, uh, Batman, Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon, each different Joker was is a different period and the one that had a different uh, effect on them. Hmm. So the Joker that killed Jason Todd is not the same Joker that shot Barbara Gordon. You know, I'm, I'm actually OK with this idea of, of there being like this series of Jokers. Um, I, I, I would hope that uh, they would explain why he wouldn't know the difference. But, you know, sometimes villains don't know the difference between Bruce Wayne, Batman and Dick Grayson, Batman. Yeah, I feel like that's a little more understandable because it's a full cape cowl outfit. But I, I get the point, Paul. I guess it's Jeff comics. Johns is a pretty good writer, so I'm hoping he has a good explanation. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Johns is probably my favorite comic writer of all time. So I, I'm, I'm really excited that he has actual comic book work coming out because it's, it's been a little while. Um, and Doomsday Clock, with its irregular release schedule, isn't scratching that need for me. Yeah, I would be nervous about this miniseries if it wasn't uh, Jeff Johns doing it. Mm -hmm. I have all the faith in the world that he can make what could potentially be a horrible idea into a really good story. Well, and that actually brings me to, since we're talking about writers, um, Aaron, I, I, I wanted to talk about Justice League number four this week. Uh, it, you know, um, it from Scott Snyder, Jorge Jimenez. Uh, and so this is, we've only spoken about the first issue that had that wonderful Jim Chung art, but we were, you know, we didn't love everything about that book. In fact, I think you were a bit more hesitant on it than I was, um, but you're still on from that. You know, uh -huh. you picked up issue four and I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this issue. I'm out. You're, this is the one that broke you. Yeah. Um, number one, let me just say some positive things first. Um, the artwork in the book is, is gorgeous. It is. Um, and I am. I have been highly critical of variant covers by Jim Lee uh, that I have felt like they are they 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 are technically adept, but they are not artistically impressive. Uh -huh. His variant cover with Wonder Woman is gorgeous. It is. It's, it's poster worthy. Yeah, it is just gorgeous, and it's the first thing I've seen from him in a very long time that I thought was uh, worthy of comment. But uh, what I found so egregious about this book was that it read like a Grant Morrison book. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what Scott Snyder's thinking. I feel like he's aping Grant Morrison's style on justice league. And you know, the, the having to put, you know, in issue three, I think they, they miniaturize the heroes and put them inside Superman and John Jones. Um, so that they could survive this onslaught. And I'm just like, you know, and it just got worse in this book. And there, yeah, there are some nice moments, but I would say the nice moments were all relating to the art, not relating to the, to the narrative storytelling. And I was so frustrated by the time I got to the end of this book, I was like, okay, I'm done. This is not the justice league story for me. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed about it because I, I I'm not loving this book. I, I don't, <sighs> 
I don't hate it as much as you. I think there are good ideas here. Um, I think to your point about it being Grant Morrison-esque, I think that's where my issues come in. And I like Grant Morrison sometimes. You know, I, I have issues of Grant Morrison that I love, and I have issues that Grant Morrison of Grant Morrison that I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the thing I don't like about this is, is that too goddamn much is happening um, in this book. Uh, it feels like every panel has a thousand words, and a, you know, like things are just like it. Just feels like too much is happening. That it just feels like a clusterfuck. Honestly, yeah. uh, well, and I mean. Some of the ideas, I mean, like the ideas seem so, so much out of the Grant Morrison playbook, Mm -hmm. you know, as inspired by Grant Morrison, you know, uh, like, you know, we, we, we know that, you know, Barry is powered by the speed force, but did we know that there is an, an equal and opposite force called the still force? Yeah. yeah. Jesus, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I mean, I when when Grodd starts explaining that, I'm just like, well, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> because if, if if the still force was a thing, Paul, I would be the master of the motherfucking universe. <laughs> I can sit on the couch better than almost anybody. So you're practically <laughs> invisible. <laughs> I just uh, I'm 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 going to continue on for the next issue because there's only one more issue in this storyline, but it. it uh, you know I'm not the hugest fan of decompressed storytelling. Don't don't take twelve issues to tell me something you can tell in six, or you know to a certain extent those Netflix series. Don't give me thirteen episodes to tell me something you can tell me in four. Um, th- this this issue genuinely felt like three issues worth of material jammed into one. Yeah, uh, it's just too much going on. That when you have this much going on, none of it's impactful to me. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not loving the book and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but I'm, I'm still going to finish off the storyline and see where, where it goes from there. Um, also this week, uh, Batman number 51 came out the, the first issue post the, uh, the failed wedding of, uh, Bruce and Selena. But before we go into that book, I do want to say one of the things that they did announce at Comic-Con is that Pete Tomasi and Doug Mankey are taking over Detective Comics, starting with issue 994 or 996, something like and, that. And that's when I'll hop back into Detective Comics. Yeah. And, that, yep. you know, they'll, you know that's the, those are the guys who are going to bring you Detective Comics 1000. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. That, that, that's a great team. Yeah. You know, talking about this, I had this conversation at the at the the comic book shop. You know, it's an actual physical place where they sell comic books still. Do they still have those? What? Yeah, that's still a thing. So like brick and mortar. Brick and or mortar. <laughs> so, um, and I'm and I said I'm switching from detective. I said be just because I'm I'm not interested in the the outsiders. I don't I don't want that story. Yeah. And Tom King is writing the hell out of this book. So, you know, before it was, it was, uh, I feel like I can only read one of these things. And I loved the whole, the whole Gotham, like, team storyline. Uh, I, I said, stand up, just Batman. I got to go with Tom King right now. Uh, and Batman 51 was a, was a pretty good book to me. Um, it, 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 uh, I feel like it could be summed up. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty efficiently in the fact that right now, uh, Dick Grayson is wearing the bat, the Batman cowl, 
And the first thing that happens is Commissioner Gordon calls him out on that. And he asks if the other guy's okay, to which Dick replies, no, <laughs> which is exactly what this book is about. I, it's, 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 I feel like this is, and I hope this is what happens for a while. This is Bruce Wayne's uh, Michael Douglas falling down for a while series. <laughs> <laughs> Just isn't taking things well at all. Um, but it was a it was a the the, the storyline Cold Days is about the a trial of Victor Freeze, and we don't know how long it's how long it's been. I don't know how fast the wheels of justice travel in Gotham, but like you would think this would be months and months after he got broke up, or he got stood up at the altar, just because they show Bruce Wayne Batman catching. Mr. Freeze after that after that point. So I don't know how long it takes to do a trial, but um, oh, it, it's 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 super fast because you, you got to get them in to the jail so that they can break out. They can break out of Arkham. Yeah. yeah, like immediately. So Be like you, I, you gotta, uh, my next gig scheduled in a month, Doc. Let's make this. Happen. That's right. That's right. No, I, I really like this book. Um, it's 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 sort of a, a glimpse of of. Uh, Bruce trying to self-reflect on things that we'll probably see later in flashbacks about how he sort of went off the rails. I, I got to say, say the the Lee Weeks artwork is amazing on this book. It is. He makes every panel work. If it's a you know Batman beating the shit out of Mister Freeze on a rooftop, if it's you know uh, Dick talking to to uh, Commissioner Gordon, if it's just Bruce Wayne sitting in the jury room. Every single panel works. But I didn't like this book. Really? Well, Paul, I don't like you. There. Well, well, I mean, we knew that. Um, <laughs> I, I Honestly, the reason I didn't like this book is because reading it, I, I knew from the first page how, the, how it was going to end. And Tom King is a great writer, but I felt like I could have written this issue. It, I just... I genuinely was like, okay, well, you know, I know what's going to happen. He's going to be the only one who doesn't find Victor Freeze guilty in the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and then it happened. And I'm like, yep. Like, I knew well, it. I felt like, I mean, yeah, I, I felt like that was a that was a tell at the beginning of the story. Because I think that that's the whole reason Bruce wanted on the jury. Right. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I felt like, I don't feel like that was supposed to be a surprise on the last page. I felt like that was rather telegraphed at the beginning of the story. Yeah, I think I think the surprise was why, right? And that that's what I loved. Yeah, eh. I mean, obviously, I, I I like Tom King. I like this book. I, I will continue with it, but just wasn't my favorite issue. No, I I, I just I, I it was a, a really interesting tonal shift. Mm -hmm. um, it was nice to see Bruce lose his shit in the men's room. Yeah, I, I did know. like that scene. <laughs> so I'm, I'm you know. I just hope that Bruce is going to write a check for that, you know, urinal that he destroyed. I, I'm sure he already paid for it. Like, there's <laughs> probably a plaque that says urinals provided by Wayne Industries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I echo Aaron's thoughts about the artwork, the brutal, like, way that, like, Victor Freeze is just left lying in a in a heap with a note. Oh, right. yeah. So good. Well, I mean, I even love the, the, the image of Victor Freeze sitting in the witness box. You know, I mean, I just I, every panel just just sang to me. I, I think Lee Weeks killed this issue. Yeah, just sang. So uh, yeah, yeah, I was a little worried because I really didn't like Batman Fifty. Right. But, uh, 
I'm 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 glad to see that the uh, transition, at least temporarily, away from that specific story is going well. Yeah, Tim, Batman Fifty pissed me off too. I think it yeah. pissed a lot of people off. But they 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 said this at Comic Con. They're like, hey, Batman Fifty was like the middle of the storyline. It was the ending of the Empire Strikes Back, or you know those types of things. It's 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 the dark point. You know, so they're telling you from. that Batman's love is frozen in carbonite. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if they had a seven ninety nine me and did that, <laughs> ain't coming back from that. <laughs> but they did. I think it was a five ninety nine book or something. That would have been a bridge too far. That would have been too much. Yeah, yeah. would have been two dollars too much. <laughs> Well, yeah, you say that, but that's like 40% more to, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I hear you. Gosh, that's two comics. If you're going to misdirect and then overcharge, like, no. No, I agree. If you're going to misdirect and it's the same price, and then you go, well, it's going to have an empire. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. Psych. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've been talking about DC a lot for the last little bit uh, because – Marvel doesn't have a huge presence at San Diego Comic-Con. In fact, I don't think they're presenting. I think they have some some comic presentations, but the cinematic universe isn't really present at Comic-Con. Uh, but they still managed to have some pretty big cinematic universe news uh, this weekend. So um, James Gunn, uh, you know, if anyone follows him on Twitter, he's rather vocal about his distaste of Donald Trump and, and those who support Donald Trump. Very vocal about it. Well, he, he poked the bear a little too much because uh, some 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 folks that he pissed off went back in his Twitter feed about 10 years ago when he was working for Troma and and, and doing, you know, kind of tasteless entertainment and, and uncovered some unfortunate, very offensive jokes about rape and pedophilia um, that, you know, if, if anyone who has followed James Gunn from his Troma, Toxic Avenger days, Class of Nukem High type stuff, yeah, that, that, that's kind of what his shtick was uh, back then. Well, they've uncovered it. It's been thrown out to the media. Um, lots of folks upset at James Gunn. And as a result, Disney has fired James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I am, that is stunning. Yeah, wow. I am worried about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 since then. I think what they'll do is uh, they will probably, if they're smart, get maybe the guy who did uh, Ant-Man, because not a lot of the Marvel directors do humor well. Uh, right. And maybe get that guy to, to take over so they can keep their schedule. Um, I, I mean, I'll do it. Just understand that it's going to turn into an Adam Warlock movie. Well, so. it's going to, you know, the movie's going to open up with peeps. <laughs> peeps. <laughs> I'm Adam Warlock. <laughs> uh, there'll be an unbox. The, the, the credits will be a, the, the opening credits will be an unboxing video. I'm going to get the contract of sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> Converse. Yeah, it, it'll be Starbuck, Star Star Lord unboxing uh, some um, Magic Jordan shoes from the '80s. Uh, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> it'll be a title scene that says twenty five twenty five, and it'll be Adam Warlock opening the third uh, Star Trek uh, box thing. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, look, my Way of the Warrior mission crate showed up. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I got to say, I'm genuinely surprised didn't Disney didn't just wait it out. I'm sure something I'm sure out. someone else will say some stupid shit at Comic-Con that people will forget about this in 2 days. Uh right. but 
you know, I guess based on the whole John Lasseter thing, uh, you know, Disney's not 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 playing. So you know, James since Gunn you is mentioned out. since you mentioned Ant Man, I really loved Ant Man and Wasp. I thought it was uh, as I thought it was maybe even funnier than the first one. I thought it was on par with the first one. I didn't I didn't love it more or less than the first one. I am hoping to see it today. Oh, well, you'll have to yeah, let I, us know where you're from. I haven't seen it yet either. No. Uh, I jacked up my knee last week and you know couldn't climb stairs at a movie theater, so uh, we uh, yeah. did not go. But I, I think I'm going to go today. All right, you'll have I to let us know. I think I have rehabilitated enough. Oof. Well, I am sorry Oof. to hear that. Yeah. Sorry to hear that I've rehabilitated you, fuck. <laughs> sorry to hear you <laughs> jacked up your knee. <laughs> you should know, Paul, you kicked it. <laughs> You're a hateful, hateful man, Paula Ponte. Well, I know that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's 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 kind of distressing news, uh, you know, it because is. James Gunn is the reason a lot of those actors got to be part of that movie. And, well, and I'm wondering, and you know, you know, his brother has got to be really distressed. Oh, yeah. You know, because, you know, that's he he uh, he's the only guy that survived from the Ravagers. <laughs> yeah. Well, on, on top of that, his brother plays Rocket Raccoon on set like he's the motion capture for Rocket Raccoon. So, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 kind of distressing um, for for fans of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm not you know, I'm not saying his comments were right or wrong. Well, I, I'm, yes, they were wrong. I'm not saying I'm not defending what he said 10 years ago. Uh, I'm just rather surprised that uh, it escalated so quickly that uh, he's now off of of the franchise that, you know, he kind of created uh, in the movies. Yeah, it happened very quickly. It is surprising to me that. uh Disney reacted the way they did. Yeah. But it feels like, you know, JK Rowling hired a wife beater in her Harry Potter movies. Like I'm not saying that's any better, but it, just, you know, I feel like there are ways to handle the situation that besides instant firing, um, considering it's 10 year old Twitter jokes. Yeah. But you know, well, I, I mean, I, I wish that we had, I wish that, you know, pop culture America could, you know, I don't know. Look at things in context and take, perspective. take a and, breath. And, maybe. Well, maybe maybe we were in a different environment 10 years ago and maybe we shouldn't hold people accountable for today's standards against yesterday. It just uh, yeah. just seems you know silly to me. But OK. Yeah. I mean, next thing you know, it'll come out that Robert Downey Jr. was a drug addict and went to jail. <laughs> like, oh. you know, like, I mean, that, that that dude is the head of their universe. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> Tim yeah. Allen is the voice of uh, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear and dude was yeah. a drug dealer. Like, I mean, you know, people have pasts, so it's yeah. it's just rather surprising. Yeah, but no and, one cares about drugs. <laughs> and William Shatner was Captain Kirk. Uh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> He's still Captain Kirk in my Aaron, heart. You better, t- you better take a breath, too. I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, and also coming out of the Marvel Cinematic News is they, they haven't announced – anything but there is a there's a a a website um that kind of go that goes into the best scripts that people read over the past month and i I don't remember exactly the name of the website Uh, chicaslocus.com chicaslocus.com check it out um so they uh you know, it, it's just a, uh, a website where people kind of talk about the best scripts, unproduced scripts that they read um, over the previous month. And they're real scripts. They're not like fan scripts or anything like that. And um, the website lists something called um, Ironheart on it that goes into uh, a student named Riri. 
uh, Williams, who, you know, is, um, I guess, not uh, in, inspired by Tony Stark, Iron Man. And the only way, again, the only way the script would probably exist and be on this site if it was a, is if it was officially commissioned. And people are saying it was an excellent script. So it's very possible that Marvel will be setting up some type of Riri Williams Ironheart or maybe just commissioned it as something to have in the back burner should they need it. Uh, well, but one exists. It, it, it uh, you know, has long been speculated that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, soon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it would I, when I read Ironheart, you know, the Riri Williams Iron Man books, um, it seemed very much like a test story, an idea uh, experiment on how could we, you know, reimagine this character. And uh, I got to say, I, I would be very surprised if we don't see Riri Williams on screen. I, I, I think there are so much of that or even even Riri Williams in like a Netflix series, because there, there is so much of that that I think works. Uh, you know, the the building your Iron Man suit in your garage. You know, you 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 took some parts from school <laughs> to build your your Iron Man armor. Um, I, I think there's a lot of that that works. You know, I have that storyline downloaded. You know, from when Marvel has some of their crazy sales. Uh, but I've not actually read it. I know I know you're a fan of it. Um, I, I got to tell you, I I expected to hate it, but I I just the, what got me into reading it is that I read the infamous Iron Man, and I was on such a Bendis Iron Man high that it made me uh, go over and read the the Lionheart stuff because he wrote that as well, and it's fantastic. Infamous uh, Iron Man is one of the books I picked up on the Marvel sale. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I got to tell you, it it's probably one of my favorite things Marvel's done in probably the last five yeah. years. Comicsology had so many sales this week for uh, San Diego Comic Con. And uh, just to clarify, because I didn't have the article up in front of me, the website is called The Blacklist, and it's an annual survey of the most liked motion picture screenplays not yet produced. Um, it's been published every year since 2005. So, I mean, it's a real thing. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the films on here have been made into movies, including Argo, American Hustle, King's Speech, Slumdog Millionaire. Um, so it, it's a it's a real website. So the fact the that the pocket square, the pocket square is eventually going to happen. <laughs> well, and finally, I don't know if you guys have seen it. They uh, they released the trailer last night for Glass. And uh, you know the the third Shyamalan film in the Unbreakable and Split trilogy. And did you guys like Unbreakable or Split? I, I go, go ahead, ahead Wayne. Oh, I loved Unbreakable. I haven't seen Split. I loved Unbreakable. I loved Split. Uh, I uh, and I particularly love the uh, the twist at the end. Uh, I, I I I'm super excited to see Glass. Well, then I probably just ruined for Wayne that they're connected somehow. <laughs> oh no! I knew that all. Along. I've okay. seen none of these movies. Un- Unbreakable is, by and large, one of my favorite superhero movies, uh, and, and, I, and by and large, one of Shyamalan's best movies. I, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Based well, on this trailer, this is going to be a very different feel than the other two movies. Yeah, it looks like a combination of the two, right? Unbreakable is a a slow burn superhero origin story. Uh, Split is this uh, horror um, suspense type film that, you know, is ultimately the origin of a supervillain. 
and so they're they're kind of combining them into this third movie glass and uh it 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 looks it looks pretty damn good i'm looking forward to it and it comes out in january 2019 and split does some amazing stuff with james mcavoy oh yeah i i i, I just i thoroughly enjoyed that movie and would recommend it to, and you don't have to have seen unbreakable to have seen it no, I, no you only have to have seen unbreakable to understand the twist at the end yeah otherwise it's just like oh it's bruce willis why is he yeah. in this film <laughs> roll credits You'd think they'd have said something about that. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely check them out if you haven't. Um, and, if, and if you're listening to this podcast, check them out. What if they're not listening to this podcast, Paul? Well, then fuck you. Okay. All right. That's a way to, to get in good new listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, what I meant was check us out on uh, check us out on Twitter at IOM Geek or Ideology Madness, Facebook <laughs> IOM Geek or Instagram IOM Geek. Or you can ch- check us out on or call us up on the Ideology of Madness hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. But don't dig into our Twitter history unless you want a, a real hot take on, like, Marvel Siege or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can find out what I think about Star Trek. Or Blackest Night number six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, next week, uh, some of the the books that we will be chatting about: Action Comics One Thousand One, the first uh, issue from Brian Michael Bendis and Patrick Gleason. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Number Two, uh, Doomsday Clock Number Six, Flash Number Fifty One, Infinity Wars Prime Number One, Justice League Dark Number One, and the the new Teen Titans from Adam Glass uh, in Teen Titans Number Twenty. Tim. The uh, since Infinity was mentioned, I've been reading Infinity, uh, uh, the basically the tie-in for Darkhawk. Yeah, who showed up on the last in the last issue? Wait, Sleepwalker. So, so like Bruce Willis, the the, the, the Bruce Willis showed up. Uh, man, it's, like that's the new Darkhawk that came out. There is a it's a Darkhawk miniseries. Yeah. And Sleepwalker showed up in the last issue. Oh, fuck. There goes 20 bucks. All right. I'm down. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Take care, everybody. everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.